um, uh, by saying things like, you have to make that noise, you have to make that sound, which then tells the, the young child that you don't actually have to make that sound, you can make this sound, um, you can make a rounder sound. Uh, but it was just all very raw until I started working professionally and seeing other people, you know, do their warm-up, getting a warm-up. Every time you did a show, there would be somebody who would take you through a warm-up. And right. the first time you do stuff, you're just doing what you normally do, but it's sounding very different to the person that's standing next to you. And then you 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 work out how to make those sounds. I, I, I was never very good at a show sound because there's a, there's a very specific um, voice production technique that if you're in musical theatre that you have, which is why all those sopranos, all those lead ladies sound a little alike. And I don't because <laughs> I, I started way too, long, too, too late trying to develop that sound. It's quite a bright, as I know, it's quite a, a bright nasal sound. Is it called, it's called the head voice? Is that what they call it? Well, no, if you're doing, if you're talking musical theatre, it's not a head voice, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's an upper chest voice. And if you're going to sing in the kind of range in a chest voice that most lead females have to sing in, you have to develop a, I think it's a weird voice production because my, my natural speaking voice is, is it's practically a tenor. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a, 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 a girl's voice. This is where a girl's voice would normally be. And, and so their singing voices can go here and then they can go up higher and higher. And if you're going to make a loud noise up in the top of your chest, you have to have all kinds of technique to do it. And um, because I just started singing with my brother, who's a baritone, haha, um, I just assumed that everything I sang had to be kind of down here. So down here, my chest voice is really big, but producing a, 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 girl, a girly tone was completely alien to me before I'd done my... I think I, div- I, I realised how... I figured out how to do it by the time I, I, I got into the West End. I did a West End show. Um, this is all before, you know, Alison Limerick with it. Keep going, keep going. We, I know we're getting there. We're getting there. I, so, I want to know the first, but I want to the first show you tried out for where you got the singing part. I'm still waiting to hear what that was. My well, first it? show, my first, <laughs> first <laughs> musical out of out of London musical um, was I auditioned for Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> well, okay. Which um, what it's an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, um, and it was not the London show, but it was done in Leicester, Leicester at the Haymarket, um, and I think I got it. I think I got the the gig because I could dance, rather than because I could sing. But they needed they needed strong. They also needed they had two tenors. They had two uh, sopranos. And they needed a third voice because of the couple of three three part harmony things, and so they needed a female voice that could to, could sit on the bottom. So that was me. So I think I got it more because I could dance well, and I could sing the parts that needed to be sung. But then I was doing co-narrator, and I don't know why they gave me co-narrator because that's one of the. It's not a principal role, but it's one of the main roles, um, and. I, I'm trying to remember actually why, how I even found out about the audition. 
Because back in the day, you had to know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody to get in on onto those auditions. I, I, I. If memory serves, it was because one of the guys that I'd gone to dance school with um, had started an agency, and he was looking for new people, new faces um, to add to his roster. Oh. And he, he'd remembered me from school. Um, so asked me to come and, and speak, join the agency. And then he sent me for this audition. Um, so uh, it, it was kind of, it's kind of nepotism, really. I knew oh, somebody who knew there somebody. There was no such a thing as nepotism there. Not in those days. There was you no know, other way to know how to get that job. unless, If I remember correctly, the only way you were able to get anything to have possible, they used to have that trade paper you look in the back oh, the, the stage darling the stage. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you see what was coming up on which days and you had to you know set up your week to yes. go on auditions but but let me tell you that those those auditions that were in the back of the stage or in the back of the trade papers if you didn't already have a private audition for one of those shows before you saw that you were too late Right, you were it was so annoying because I, I religiously would be there with the stage on the dancing times or whatever, trying to see what's going on, and go, oh, do that and do that, and and yes, they would have an open audition because they were required to. You find these things out later. You're required to um, legally. You couldn't just bring your friends in and fill all your positions. So they would requ- you'd be required to have an open audition. You'd have an o- open audition. And unless somebody was astounding in one of those, nobody would get chosen because the, the, all the, the good roles were already gone. Right. Already gone, my darling, private audition. So <laughs> my agent sent me for a private audition prior to open audition, and I got the role. Yay! Thank you very much. Um... And I think, did that happen more than once? See, everybody, it's it's not what you know. It's, well, you got to have good chops, but, but, too. But it, it is who, it, it is. It really is who you know to help you. Who you know. It is, a lot of it is is those connections you make, which is why you have to go out and make connections. You have to, the people you work with once, they go on and do something else. I danced with this guy in school. He went on to become an agent. He got me work. He got me my West End show. Um, so very, very grateful for that. See? Um, yeah. And it was, and did he, I actually think that the, the root of me making Where Love Lives comes from the fact that I worked first with Darshan Singh Buller. Because, and I'm going to tell you that story now, Darshan Singbola was in London Contemporary Dance Theatre. One of the members of that company was a, was a man called Mika Bergeza, dancer, choreographer. At, and then sometime in 1980, who might have been 86 or 87, <laughs> uh, he was looking for, he, was, he had been asked to choreograph a fashion show. At the ICO, the, the, which is a, a kind of eclectic theatre on the Mall in the centre of London. Nice. And uh, I got a call saying, we're looking for people who can dance and who can sing. We, we need at least one singer. Uh, they had singers, they had poets, they had jugglers, they had everybody in this show. And he remembered me because I'd sung 
for London Contemporary Dance Theatre. Oh, nice. So, right. So this is, so I go, I get that job. I go and do that performance. I think it was only one day or two days at the ICA. In the audience is Lattie Cronland, who wrote Where Love Lives. Hadn't written it yet. But he saw me sitting on a swing in some designer frock singing God Bless the Child. God bless the child that's got his own. And he decided that he had to work with me from just hearing the one song. So Latty stalked me. He, well, he, I don't know who he bullied at the ICA to get my number, but he found my number and called me and said, I want to work with you. And he had, I think we, we worked originally on two or three songs. Um, but did you, okay, wait, so make everybody kind of understand the reenactment of the phone call. Because the phone call comes in those days. There was no computer. Oh, there was, there you was, didn't know who it was. You just pick up the phone. <laughs> what did he say to you? Hello, I am such and such. And what did you say? Who? Why? Yeah, well, but, but the thing is, if you remember, that was always the way you got work. Because there was no in, there was no email, you picked up the phone, and either it'd be your agent or it'd be a friend going, or there's an audition, or there's, and so this guy picks up the phone and goes, "Hi, I saw you at the in, at, uh, at the ICA uh, singing God Bless the Child. I thought you were wonderful. I am a producer. I'd really like to work with you." You say yes. <laughs> Um, and so I think we met um, for a chat first and he explained what, what he wanted to do um, and I was like oh, cool not a problem nice guy um, and so we went into it we he had little four track recording machine I don't know that anybody will even know what that is little four track on on tape or something recording machine um that he had and he had a studio up in Holloway um and then we did a did a demo of two or three songs I've still got them on cassette somewhere oh, cassette. um and he said great thank you and then he went away as is often the case you do a demo because there were demos you do a demo and he went away and that was all I heard for about I don't know, months, a year, maybe, because he lived in Sweden. So he oh, went back. To oh, no. he didn't break that part down. No, no. I don't. Um, and he, he, he is Swedish. No, he called you with the Swedish accent, no less. Um, I didn't place it. I knew he had some kind of not, not London accent. Like, what are you saying? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. It, he's the Swedes speak horribly good English. It's very good. Um, so yeah, so he went away. I didn't think anything about it. At that point, I got my West End show. Did I get my West End show? That see, this is where it all gets. It's all a blur. There's about two or three years that are a blur where I do the demo with Latty. He goes away. I get into the into a West End show. Um, I do another demo and then Lati comes back and he says, I want to do another song. And I'm like, okay, yeah, well, uh, all right. And well, we did one and then you disappeared, but okay, that's fine. We'll do another one. And that, ne the next demo was Where Love Lives. You understand. I do. So we do Where Love Lives and then I'm tied to a contract that 
12 months long in a West End show. Okay. And I'm thinking that Latty's just going to go away with the song like he did last time. <laughs> but no, literally, minutes after I've signed the contract to do 12 months in a West End show, I get a phone call from Arista Records, which I don't believe. And some, it was a message. A message was left for me that somebody from Arista Records wants to talk to me because they want to sign me. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Nah. Must be a joke because I haven't done a demo, not remembering that I've just done one with Latty. Um, anyway, finally the guy calls and it's Chris Cook from Arista and yes, they want to sign me for the song Where Love Lives and it finally clicks. I'm like, because Latty hasn't contacted me <laughs> to say that we've got a deal. Um, so it was all very confusing. And then I had to go down and meet Chris Cook at Arista. And and I need I need to explain just how much of my of my working life I had already done by the time I got that call. Okay. Discovery. So, so yeah. I had, so, so I had been, I trained as a dancer. I, I, I worked as a dancer. I'd become a musical theater artist and I've right. done that. Um, and those things don't take a minute. They take years. So by the time I got that call, I was nearly 30. So this was all a bit, I can tell you exactly what I thought when I went, when I was called in to see Chris Cook. I thought, I'm going to go in there. They're going to ask me my age. They're going to look at me and go. Thank you very much. And to, I walk away because I'd already experienced auditions where they'd looked at me, asked me my age and gone, thank you, darling. No. I'd already had that at 30, uh, at 27, 28. I'd already had that. Yeah, I, I, that's called that's called being on the wrong side of 23. I know. That's what they say. <laughs> it's it's gorgeousness. It's, anyway. it's not that. It's, just, it's, it's that term that we remember. You're on the wrong and, and side of 23. Yeah, <laughs> it's also that in every dancer's mind, because I still considered myself to be a dancer. A dancer. Okay. A, da a yeah, dancer, if you prefer. <laughs> um, at thirty-five, that's really the end of your career. I mean, if you if you make it to technically, 40, technically, dancer, right? Technically, it's it's yeah. pretty much you're done because you're it's it's supremely hard work to keep your body fit enough to do the, to make the demands to to fulfil the demands that are are placed on it. If you're doing musical theatre, if you're doing full-time dance in a dance company. So I understood that. So I was expecting them, expecting Chris Cook to just go, nah. But none of that happened. I kept waiting for the bubble to burst. So what was the conversation when you walked in? Now, take, now that they were in his room, in his office, yeah. what, did, what He was so excited. What do you mean excited? Like He was, he was like, this track... It's just this, it's, he just, I, I was like, okay, we've just done a demo and you, uh, well, no, I liked it, but he, they, everybody at Arista was waxing lyrical about this thing and how excited they were about it. And that, that it was, we, they wanted to contract now. We needed to get it done now. Everything had to be now. It was also it, it quite quickly got the impression that, because back in the end of the, because this is like 80, 
is it's 89 when I first went in there. Um, everything, the dance market was, was starting to bloom, but it was all very fast. You'd have something would happen underground and the track would, would happen. It would, it would blow up underground because they were aiming my track as a club hit. They had a club arm. This wasn't, this wasn't for commercial release. This was just going to be a club track. And they, they thought they had their finger. And so it needed to be fast. They needed to get it out done so everything had to happen really quick and they were very enthusiastic about it and things they were going to do and what and and was I free and I was like I've just signed a contract for a year in a West End show I can't get out of that they said it's not a problem uh, and I'm not sure uh, um uh they said that it wouldn't be a problem and that I could work after because most clubs are late You'll be fine. You'll be able to do your show. I'm doing eight shows a week now, right? Okay. Eight shows a week. And so they were going to say, yeah, we're going to promote it. You're just going to go after. We'll make sure all your, your shows are like, I'm like, oh, well, okay. Um, of course, the that idea of fast wasn't my idea of fast because paperwork needed to be done. <laughs> and uh, the first thing they said is, you have to go and find a lawyer. Go get a lawyer. I'm like, <laughs> Okay. Um, so found myself a lot. Fortunately, I was living with a uh, a musician who had gone through that paperwork process. So I got a lawyer fairly quickly. So she and got then, a solicitor, everyone. She a got solicitor. Possible. A music business solicitor. Didn't get a realtor. She got a, not a real estate solicitor, a music. Don't, and don't make that mistake, children. No. no don't get your money to do it. Don't get your, your conveyancing lawyer to do it. Don't get your, your cousin's best friend's realtor lawyer to, no. Your, your mother-in-law's friend's cousin that thinks he went to school. No, no, no. Not, not a major label contract. No, 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 no. So you get the right, um, Harbottle and Lewis, famous for their getting their stuff right see but i want to ask um, you something you said club hit was this record being played out already no that's no. what i'm trying to figure out why they're rushing because usually they rush the only time majors rush the record's already bubbling like crazy they had a demo they had a demo that's demo. all they had they had no finished vocal they had no finished nada 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 nothing what they did have Unbidden's to me. Oh, that's was, all Yeah. Was they had played it to Frankie Knuckles and David Morales. Ah. <laughs> and they'd gone, oh, really like that. We want to mix it. So now they're going, let's get it. So, but unfortunately, for some reason, it took months and months to get the paperwork sorted. I mean, it was only a singles deal. It wasn't an album. album it was a single, sing, single, single with a second single option. And then if they wanted to do any more, then they had to take a, a, an album option. But it was really just a singles deal. Mostly what was happening what, that my lawyer had told, confirmed with me is that they were doing uh, two singles with an album option and never get into the album. That's what they were doing with all their club artists. So, and that was fine with me. The fact that I was going to get any kind of deal, well, I was happy. I was happy. Right, because I had you know, come, yeah, I'd come yeah. from being a twirly, 
which is a dancer who's told what to do and you do, and you stand in the back and you go, go there and you do that. And suddenly it was all about me. And I was like, yeah, woo So um, the paperwork took forever. So as, long, it, as it always it does, it, as it always does. Yeah. But meanwhile, Latty and I went back into the studio, Conk Studios, uh, which is in North London, which is actually really close to where I live now. Uh-huh. And we redid the song. made Because remember, it was only done on a little four track. So we redid the vocal. We got live musicians on it. Latty did sterling work on this thing, this piece of music. Um, and then it went back to Arista and it got shipped immediately off to America and Frankie did the magic on it. So here's the question I have for yeah. you. Yeah. On the demo. Yeah. Is that piano riff that we all hear in the beginning of the record on that, that the demo? That, 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 that's Latty's. It got replayed. But I'm saying, yeah. but that's on, so, so that's you yeah. So you tracked you tracked all your vocal parts to that piano, that piano we hear. Yeah. 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 That's that's the. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because when you do when I've had remixes that haven't had that that piano at the front, or it's had a slightly different piano at the front, and it's for me it's almost in, it's almost impossible to pitch it. Because I'm so reliant on hearing that sound, um, yeah. So it's always it's always been there. But what what Frankie and David did was was take the the that and make it the feature. Just do that whole extended front of that, like the classic mix that that well I love that most people love. I I mean I I I, I keep coming across people that like different versions. Um, and I've been asked to perform different versions uh, in various countries and in various clubs and various parts of parts of the country. Um, and I love that they love different versions, but the one I I am most comfortable singing is that classic mix with that extended piano section on the front. So now take us back to that moment, the words, the lyrics, the inception of this track. Lati calls you. You're ready to go do this. Who wrote the song? What was, you know, what's the particular ingredients to what went down with this record? Lati wrote the song. He wrote the song. Um, too, he did the he lyrics. wrote the lyrics. I mean, I, I, I probably had to tweak them a little bit. On the, on the chat, Allison, did you write the lyrics? People ask me. So I want no, 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 no. I did not write the lyrics. I did not write. I wish I had. I did not write the lyrics, my darlings. Um, Latty wrote the lyrics. They are his. It's all, it's all him. I had to tweak a few things. I had to tweak a melody, melody things. And also once you're in the studio and Latty says, well, can you, can you do that? And then you throw something at it and, and, and then, so you adjust stuff, but that, that track, the essence of it, the, the heart of it, that's Latty. It's all Latty. Okay. Uh, Mr. Cronland. Yes. Cronland. Okay. Yeah. But he'd he'd work with me, so he knew that my voice could, because that that it starts, it starts down here in your boots, and then flies. And the only way that he would have known that I could do that was because he'd worked with me, to you know, two a year before, um, on these other two tracks. 
because when most people don't believe that my voice will do what it what it can do until they work with me. Um, but like, he's one of the few, um, apart from you, apart from you, young man, uh, who've really stretched my range. Yes, yes, you, yes. <laughs> Run like the wind, boy. Run like the wind. <laughs> I'm running away right now, but no, but it's, it's people are saying, please explain and show us what you mean because they don't understand. See, you're talking. Oh, the you're talking technical now, where that's okay. breaking point. So can you explain it from a layman's terms as to what exactly I will, you mean? I will attempt to show you. I will Please attempt show. to show you the range. So you've been hurt. See so you I can start. I can start down here, down here. Back a rack level. Oh, this is that's my one of my lowest notes. Yeah. But I can do it up here, and I can sing here, and I can sing here, and I can sing here, I can sing here. And I haven't got any more. So it's, it's, uh, so the harmonies could be layered up, and yeah. Once you know that somebody can do that, then some people want to just use it all. Um which I'm very happy to do. That was absolutely beautiful, my dear. Taking us to all the scales within a moment. <laughs> See, now I that's what she means. That's what she means when you start that low note and take us from the t- bottom, bottom, Barry White. So <laughs> she's hitting falsetto high heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now Arisa gets this thing back. You get a call. You must get a call from the producer and Chris Cook. They want you to hear it. You hear it come back from America. What's your thoughts? On I, I, I was being a bit of a, a remix virgin. I was astounded. Um, what, do you mean at, astounded? Uh, what do you mean astounded? I, I was... The song, I thought the song was good. The way it was, right? The way it was? Yeah, when we made it, oh, it was always good when we made it. It was great. But then once you get that that really slow build into and, and that feature, the featuring of the of the piano at the front, it makes you tingle. Makes you tingle all over again about your song. And to, to do that I thought was was just astounding. I didn't think it as something because I'm I was precious about it. You know, when you invest as much effort and energy as both Lati and I had in making the track and doing it as as well as you possibly can, you're nervous that somebody else is going to take your thing and come back and possibly spoil it somehow, Ooh. ruin it, break it. You know, to take away its energy, take away its life, and to, for 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 it to go to America and then to come back with so much love in it, and just to it made it made well made me want to dance to my own song. It made it fresh. Oh again. wow! So you had a whole new approach. In the, in I, the, in the, I was like, 
I got two songs now that I like, the same song, but there's two of them. Well, and then three of them because there, there are other mixes that I really like. Um, but, and it was, oh, I, I, I thought it was just, I, I loved it. I loved okay. it. And, and I was very. So now the masters are done and everything's ready to go. Yeah. What does Arista begin to do and how does your life change from this point forward? Ah, uh, uh, okay. So <laughs> remember Arista is still thinking club hit, right? Right. Street so, level. Saying street level, right? Street. Underground street. <clears throat> so the f- <laughs> I can remember the first time I'd ever done a PA. I didn't know what a PA was. PA is, called, is short for personal appearance. Now, personal appearance, I, I now think of as me performing on a stage live, mic, but to a CD or to, to backing music. I, I've done everything. I've done off a cassette, off, off DAT, now off, off CD, off mini disc, off USB stick. So we're progressing with the time. But back in the day, I did not realise that PA could also mean just you standing up, miming. Now, remember, this is a girl that's never done no miming in Chile. I have never mimed. I've only performed live. So, Arista go, we're sending you to a club in Tottenham, which is very close to where I live now, um, and you're going to perform your song. And I'm like, okay. I, I, I'm used to there being a stage lighting. <laughs> Something you know, right? right. So, yeah, typical theater, a theater atmosphere, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I've been to a club. I don't think I've ever seen a PA in a club, but I've been to a club, so I knew what they were like. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure how the two would work together. Anyway, so they sent me to this club in Tottenham. I don't even remember the name of it. Scratched it from my memory. Um, and they send me in. They send a taxi for me from my house in Hackney. And I go up there, and, I, and they, they go, oh. You're, you're singing, yeah, you're singing. And they, they wheel me in and they take me and stand me next to the toilets for a little bit. And then they say, we're going to take you out to the dance floor and then you're going to sing your song and then you come. Right, I've only got the one song, remember. So, And I'm right, so I'm, I'm there. And then they give me a microphone. And it's, it's, it's like, it's this, it's a shawl, which is, should have a lead in it. I know this because I've done gigs. But it hasn't got a lead. It's just the head of a microphone. So I know it's, uh, so I'm miming. I know I'm miming. That's okay. I've got that. And I've tried to really learn the song so that I can sing, so I can lip sync well. Anyways, <laughs> they send me out into Bouncer, huge man, takes me out to the, we were our way through the crowd to a little podium that's, I don't know, that across, an arm's width across. They help me up onto it. My song starts to play. No announcement, no nothing. I start, I start singing. And I'm and only you're about... Going, you're going, you're going. Wait, yeah. I'm only about... So I, can't, I can't mime. I don't know how to do that. So I'm singing live. But, but I'm only about this much taller than all the blokes <laughs> So you're here, they're here. And, and I'm here. like that. Yeah. So and and nobody's announced me. There's no lights on me. <laughs> and I'm just standing there saying, You're a bit hurt. 
And so only about three people kind of turn around and go, what's she doing? <laughs> what's she up to? Is there something wrong with her? I don't think, but the, the reaction oh, was so fairly good because people were going, oh, yeah, yeah. So it must have See, been. It must you're, have been all you're all thinking she's going to have this moment of stellarness. No, man. Like Hollywood moment. The crowd's going to go crazy. Hell no, no. <laughs> now, I, I remember getting through the song and stepping down and going, what a f- Really? Yeah, say no, say it. Say it. What's say it? Fuck just happened. Exactly, because we were all said to each other, what in the hell is this? What is this mess? I I it wasn't funny at the time. I was because I'd got myself really nervous because I was the first time. You're hyperventilating, you're you're stressed out, and they throw you up there. Nobody notices, nobody cares. I can see that some people are liking this song, but I'm like, oh no. No, never again. Never, 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 never again. I am not miming to this song again. And no, no. So I get I get back in my taxi and I go home. Um and uh and I thought, well, if it's gonna be like that, it's gonna be horrible. There wasn't a video for it, there wasn't um any other, there was no kind of promotion machine. It was just, if it was just gonna be me getting up on a podium in some club and 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 singing so that nobody noticed me no this was not this was gonna be over really quickly i'm not sure and how, and how there's much a reason, time i would have laughed there's laugh. a reason why this was at that time there was a real reason why this was all happening because you know because was, share. Yeah, i will share there was no infrastructure yet of understanding this music yet mm. crossing it into the pop world yeah see you weren't the stones in their mind you weren't you know, and I'm not Elton John or Madonna at no. that stage, at that stage, they didn't know. They didn't, they know, what didn't to do. know what the hell to do with any of us. They didn't know what no. they would do with any of the records. This was just what I call a phenomena that happened. Things yeah. Like yeah. It, it, it pushed up from under. It pushed up out of the clubs because it, it had so much life and had so much energy. And the labels were were slow to pick up on. on yeah, they're, they're dinosaurs. To process. I, yeah, they I just don't process anything correctly because they've always yeah. controlled everything. Yeah, and this yeah. Is out of control. This is where they say the words "out of control." Yeah. So they're trying to catch up. They're playing reverse catch up. Yeah, yeah. You are. But so in the, mean, the yeah. meantime, you are caught in the war. Like, I, yes. I was definitely caught in war. Ha- I mean, that was my first one. And then I, I did. Let's go I on. I, was, I don't think I threw a strop, but I did say I'm not doing that again. Um, fortunately, about that time, DJs like Pete Tong f- found it. Oh, and yeah. And had a late night show that showcased newer house music. And the man played it, and then he played it again, and then he played it again, and then suddenly it was like somebody had kicked the hornet's nest to Arista, and everybody was going, "We got to do, we got to do, we got to do." We got to do. So what you hear that? that? Suddenly, my clothes weren't 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 good enough for them, and I had to have a style, and I had to have a stylist, and I had to have a photo session. You know why? Because Radio One's playing your record now. It d- 
That's what you heard, right? And you're going, huh? Oh, guy. Yeah, but last week, <laughs> I, I was, I was, but again, I'm a twirly, so I, I, you know, you go, you wanna, you wanna spend some money on me? Okay, fine. You wanna put a stylist with me? Put bad makeup on my face? Okay. I've still got those. I, I. Right, so let's start. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So that's thrown at you. So what do you say to them? This is what I want now. What are you, are you into? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm a good English girl. And I'm still, remember, I'm still thinking in a minute, they're going to go next. She's so out. I'm like, okay. I said, I'm not going to stand up in a club and mime. That's, <laughs> that's as much foot down as I've done. Um, uh, and then Tong starts to play it. And then they go, we are taking you to, there's a Southport weekender. I don't know whether you ever did one of those, those big, enormous three-day events where we're just clubbers go up. Um, and that's going to be your next PA. Um, you need dancers. Do you want dancers? You want dancers? Um, and we'll give you two penny worth of money. You can dress yourself. So I, I've, I got two girls that I had been dancing with in my musical. And I said, I'm going to Southport. We need to choreograph something. We've got two days. <laughs> two days, literally. Two days, and we choreographed the thing, and then they drove us up to South Hall, and they they put me on the main stage, which surprised me because I'm like, oh, really? I'm going to go on a stage. Um, and we went out. I can remember exactly what I'm wearing. I'm wearing a little velvet pillbox hat a some kind of velvety jumpsuity thing probably um and my dancers are in in jumpsuits and I walk out on the stage and the thing goes gong, 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 and the crowd goes wow and I nearly wet my panties I'm sorry I nearly wet my panties because that reaction was not <laughs> I was, it was like, uh, I don't know. I see, don't know. Alex Lowe's, see now, Alex Lowe's understands how to organize the right type of gig. Oh. And, and, and you know what? I understand that feeling of <laughs> I made it. Right, girl? Come I on didn't now. I feel like I'd made it. I just was really no, surprised. No, 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 that that many people knew my my thing going from the club. Ting, you hear again you know, and then two weeks, three weeks later, whatever it was, going into a place where it was a sea of people. Woo! All knew it. I'm like, how did that happen? When did that happen? I'm really confused. While you were stuck, at, I'll tell you what was happening. While you were playing around with the miming gig, all the DJs around the world were rocking the record already. Because we all had it. We all had test pressings and we were rocking. Some of us had it on tape. On oh, real yes. tape. We were playing it. Yeah. Yeah. We had it months before it came out. So we were already, a lot of us were playing that record. And that's why when time you got to Southport, the place exploded because the nightclub scene was, would go to Southport. Yeah. I mean, that first nightclub, I think they only they did that, that nightclub 
because it was local to me. That's all right. And it wasn't the kind of club that they were playing the song in. Whereas it maybe everywhere else it would have been okay. But yeah. Alison. Yeah, so I was I was astonished. I was astonished more than anything else. Um I didn't think I've made it or I've arrived. I was very happy. Very, very, very happy. Oh yeah. I'm assuming I was smiling for, you. for a week after that that gig. That was that was very special. But then they put me to work. Um, what do you mean you put you to work? What were you doing? What do you mean put you to work? Well, they put me to because because the, you were know, you a I secretary. You're a secretary now at Arista. What do you? Mean? They put me to work. I took a secretary. No, what? What do you put you to work? What? What's that mean? That, so they, I then began in earnest the promotion trail. And they would do things like send me to a region. They'd send me up to Scotland. And I would do the long weekend. So you'd do, I don't know, three shows on the Friday, four shows on the Saturday, three shows on the Sunday, maybe one show on a Monday and then come home. And it would you'd just spend the whole weekend sitting in the car going, foot down, Going from Air to Edinburgh to to Glasgow to you name it, town in 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 whatever West region, Bull, you're in. West Blue, whoever, Scotland in the side of the mountains. You just go. Yes, they want you to. go. You do. You see the locks. You go. Oh, it's a nice lock, and you get you jump out. When and it was really weird because you'd always start those four day four four PAs a day shows would always start with an under 18s. <laughs> an under 18s club so they were really young and you come out and i'll be doing the, my my full routine it's it was actually back in the it was really movements and dancing and they would be sitting <laughs> or there might be one very brave boy dancing eight o'clock in the afternoon thinking oh really um and then you'd go and then you'd have a little sit down and sign Take, get your, your wadge of photographs that and sign your name and sign your name and sign your name and sign your name. What's your name? I didn't know who you were. Sign your name and sign your name and sign it and a little, you know, little stand up and wave. And, and then you'd jump in the car and you'd go on to the next one and you'd go on to the next one and you'd go on to the next one and you'd fall to bed and we'd do one. At, I mean, there was one, I think we finished on one day that we had a show at five o'clock in the morning. So we arrived at the club that dawn was coming and we kind of walk into the club and there's people like off their faces, littered, littered lying about in the floor. And you're thinking, who is going to be watching us now? And I'm sane and sober because I can't sing if I'm, if I'm drunk. Can't sing. So the whole weekend, no alcohol, you know, just, just, uh. Work and just work. We must work with a V. We must okay. work. We must work and playing. Working. Um. Yeah. So it was. Those were. Those were that. What would work for me? Because I'm used to doing eight shows a week. Um. And then to kind of sit around and kind of do nothing all week, and then do a couple of things at the weekend. That actually then felt like I was earning my crust. <laughs> um. Yeah, I liked it. I liked going. I liked, again, touring with my two dancers because then at least you had company. Because um, it's very solitary being, being, not being in a band. Um, you have to make your own energy. So it's just you and a tour manager usually 
going and you and it's much easier to to generate um the necessary energy on a stage if you're with people i mean i, I learned as the years went by how to do that for myself but in those early days it was it was much better that i had two dancers with me mm. i did work very hard well, not when we're doing the one song. I do remember that. I do remember that because we all worked together in those mm. early days. Mm. Different shows around the, the country when I was coming into play as well. Um, we did those big, um, what they would call those ballroom events with, you know, two, two and a half, three thousand people. Oh, yeah. You remember those? We did I those remember those. We've done it together where you came out, you know, in between the sets of the DJ. Yes. And, yes, so and then I'd be, I always felt like the, the, the mayonnaise in the sandwich. <laughs> exactly. Not the meat. <laughs> but Crowd the mayonnaise. Crazy. And then on to the next DJ. Yeah. 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 It's always that. Yeah. That was always good. So, so along this mm. ride, did we did we make it to the BBC Top of the Pops for that time? Oh, I did. I, yeah, it's oh. a very transcending moment for you. It was mm, yes. Um, that bit of footage of me on uh, Top of the Pops has recently been aired. Oh, really? <laughs> Came back out, they put it back out again. Oh, nice! BG, uh, Top of the Pops nineties, it was, um, and I had about four people either phone me up and go, "You ran the telly," um, or send me little clips of it, going, "Look, that's you!" Um, and I'm wearing the obligatory chainmail tab art. Every second singer seemed to have that same chainmail tabard on back in the 90s, early 90s. Um, and I'm wearing my little velvet to pillbox hat as well. Um, yeah, that was interesting. It was interesting. It was terrifying and interesting um, process. Because I'm not, I am, I am too physical for TV, I, I think. Um, I think the best performers know how to kind of rein it in a little bit. And I was just, I, I'm a, I'm like a, I don't know, a spider insect. I'm all arms and legs. Everything's moving, uh, going left and right. And it needed to be, if I'd gone back and t if I could go back and tell my younger self how to perform on stage, it would be to just rein it in. Um, but then again, maybe I, I, that's how I generate my energy. It's how I, I generate my, my, my joy. So maybe I couldn't do it anyway. No, huh? No. Too no. racy again, too hard, right? For that, for that television. Where are you? I was, I was, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I enjoyed the process uh, of being on TV. I, it's a very nerve wracking, um, well, explain a little bit what happened at that BBC. Well, they, they, you can recollect. rehearsal. There's some kind of rehearsal that they have. Oh, this is so long ago. It's very long ago. But I, if memory serves, there's a, there's a kind of technical rehearsal where they figure out where you're going to be and they make you run through your song so that they can get their cameras right. Um, 
and then and then they tell you what the sequence of of, of acts is going to be. Um, and then they and then they film it as if it were live, but it's not live. So basically, you're terrified of, of messing up and getting it wrong. Um, but it's a pre-tape. But it's a pre-tape, yeah. See, they're still worried about making a mistake that they have to roll back. Yeah, but they wouldn't roll back. This, well, okay, they wouldn't have rolled back for me because who the hell are you? You're not, you know, the Stones or... You're not Queen Love. Come on now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, or, or at least that's what I was told. That's uh, you, and that's, you were told that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I always believed I'm I'm one of those girls. If you if you say a thing is so, I am assuming that it's you true. mean it. It's truth. Um, to be told. Yeah. Um. But I mean, having watched it, <laughs> I couldn't watch it at the time. Um. Back in the day, even though I taped it. Um. But having watched it again recently, it's not as bad as I remember. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, those are the times. I just, I, I don't like looking at myself, Lenny. Okay, so let's not talk about that part. Let's talk about the technical issue. Did they ask you to sing it or mime it? Oh, mime it, darling. Mime Why? it, mime it, mime it. They insisted, and I said no, because by then I'd been, I'd been, um, performing it live. I'd been performing it with me that tape going into clubs. For me, yeah, you know, it was no, still that tape back then, probably. Um, so I and I and I was, I, I if Arista had fought my corner, I probably could have done it live, but Arista didn't want to fight my corner. Um, so they were as insistent as the BBC that I had to do it, I had to mime it, which is made me even more nervous because I, I, I can't. I can't. I never sing the same way exactly twice. Um, uh, the melody's the same, but the the phrasing to 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 give it new energy, you have to make it new, and that means the nuances are different. The length of notes is different. Um, you know, I've been doing this song for some time now. For is it thirty years now? So. If I had to do it exactly the same every time, I would have jumped off a building by now. Right. I would not be able to sing it unless I could make it new every single time. Um, so it was, it worried me more to have to mime it, even though you know you're not going to get any bum notes, but it worried me more to have to mime it than it did if I were doing it live. And also, because it was a, an edited version, I didn't even know how it... I mean, the, the, the song that we played on Top of the Pops couldn't have been more than two and a half minutes long. The version that I was doing live at the time was seven minutes long. Okay. So there was a lot chopped out. Oh, yeah. And also, they weren't doing the classic mix. They, weren't, they wanted the... Um, on Top of the Pops, they did the original, the original seven. Um, or bits of the original seven, an edit of the original seven. So I didn't even really know. Whereas that song, because I know know it or knew it back then so well, still know it so well, I always know where I am in it, even if I'm going to slightly go wrong. 
because I because I I can sing it six ways. You know, it doesn't matter. Still comes out as the song. Whereas having to mime, having to mime what's coming off tape, freaked me out. It just freaked me out. I didn't. I I, I did not have enough time to learn it. Um, so I'm sure that at the time I thought I made lots of mistakes. But looking back on it, as I did a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't see them. Weren't that bad? It wasn't that bad, right? It wasn't that bad, but I, I still, I'm still going to beat myself up about it. Um, okay, so in, right. Okay, so from an outsider, yeah, consumer looking at it, would they have realized the mistakes, or is that something you only could see? I don't know. I don't know because this I know. I, I, I know my that. mouth when when I'm making. A certain sound when I'm saying a certain word, I know when I'm still singing and when when I'm not still singing. I can look at myself and go, "No, that doesn't matter." <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm hearing. Um, um, and I'm a perfectionist when it comes to that. I mean, I've ha- I've done so many videos now. I've done um, you know promo videos. Um, I'm a I've, I've become a perfectionist about lip sound and 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 note length. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I haven't studied, I haven't studied the footage enough to know whether if I was look, cause when I watched it, I was just watching to see whether it, it would make me cringe and it didn't. Um, whereas if I were to go back and, and watch it for the lip sync, I might find, I might find discrepancies. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do it <laughs> just in case it's very bad. How long did your relationship last with Arista? Uh, four years, four years, four years, just over, I guess. It well, yeah. So we the, we signed in nineteen ninety, um, and then the deal ended in ninety four. So yes, suddenly, all of a sudden, oh, see you later, bye. Oh, really? Yeah. How many yeah. songs came out from the time you did 1990 to 94? Um, well, there were two albums. Um, and I want to say five singles, but it might be. Hang on. Okay. Uh, Where Love Lives, Come Back for Real Love, Make It On My Own, Hear My Call, Time Of Our Lives, five. Okay. So you had two albums and five singles. Mm. Of which the most successful, of course, I would say is Where Love Lives. would be the, the biggest one. Yes, but only if you include uh, the second time release in 96. Not the first time around. What was more successful? I would take the 96 one out. What was more successful? Make on my own charted higher. What was the chartings? Oh, you can ask me questions. Uh, I think that where love lives, I know it went top 20, so I think it went to something like 15. I, I want to say something. I I thought it was always a top 10 record in the UK. No. Oh, no. So in 96, it went to, to, to number that's, nine. That's what I remember. 
19, 19, I think first time around it was um top tw- top top ten. I didn't think it was. I thought it was higher than that. Than top no, first time around it was top. It was top twenty, and then second time around it was top ten. Um, whereas make it on my own, or maybe yeah, maybe make it. Well, I know make it on my own charted higher the first time round, and then it and it didn't chart as high in ninety six because they both they both were released. Okay. Like Ariston, I mean, I, I I wasn't. I didn't even. Little bit of a gossip here. When Ariston decided to re-release um my what they called it greatest hits album, <laughs> I love that. I know, really, seriously. Um, uh, they didn't actually tell me anything about it. It was just going to happen. Unfortunately, because where love lives suddenly shut up the chart, they had to call me and go, um, Alison, um, would you be available for some promotion? I'm like, for what? Yeah, well, we've just released this and it's, it, look, it's going to chart. I'm like, oh, okay. So they probably, they, they wardrobed me. They did more for the re-release than they did for the original release. Isn't that something? I mean, I was on breakfast TV. I, d- I did all kind, all manner of running up and down. Okay, yeah. But, but I get it. I get it because they they had finally figured out that that it was a chartable thing, and so they'd thrown the kitchen sink at it. Um, and the lovely, lovely, lovely public who have been championing and then that's it for thing. so long. I'm, 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 I'm that's I'm, exactly I'm what I was going to say. The people made it their jewel. Mm-hmm. Mm, their exactly. anthem. It's made it, it. People made it their anthem. Your record became the people's anthem. Yeah, I, I am. It. I will be to my last breath. I will be grateful for everybody that ever loved it and bought it or played it or yeah or danced to it. It's just yeah. It's makes you feel, now that makes me feel like you've done something. It makes you feel warm inside, right? It does. It does. That really makes you feel Take a real. bow, love. Take a bow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So you yeah. get the you get the chance to go back out and re-promote it and get that love again. Mm. And mm. you also pretty much have a, a a phenomenal career from this whole moment. Yeah, I mean yeah. Hey, now take us from there. What happens? What do we Oh, okay. Well, oh, okay. Um, so apart from the fact that every year I get, I apart from the last one with the COVID, I have got to go out into amongst the people to new audiences to sing my one song. <laughs> but um, it also meant that, I mean, after I left the Arista thing, I had uh, another deal with a really small label um, and had another album. Um and so I've been able to, that has allowed, Where Love Lives has allowed me to bounce onto other projects and to work with other people, to work with people like you, my darling, um, and to work with people in Australia. Um, and so yeah, I, I... Records taking you everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I don't I'm forget. Wait, everywhere. Look, look at the promotion she has on her shirt. Look, look. Nobody's asked her about that yet. I'm about ready to ask her, who the hell is Brooklyn Funk Essentials? I know. 
You tell them who who they are. Go ahead. So, okay, so Brooklyn Funk Essentials <laughs> is is Lattie Conland, who let me let me tell a bit of his story. So Lattie Conland wrote Where Love Lives, you know, fated, marvelous. He then goes to America while I'm doing my thing over here uh, to work with Arthur Baker. Um, and incidentally, after working with Arthur Baker for just a, a couple of months, he comes back to England with what turned out to be my second single, which is Come Back for Real Love. So a co-write with Arthur Baker and, and Latty uh, became my second single, on which the marvellous um, uh, Jocelyn Brown sang backing vocals. Just, sorry, that... <gasps> Um, uh, so then, so he goes back to America and, be, and together they start a project called the Brooklyn Funk Essentials, um, which is this huge, it starts as a kind of DJ come musician, come jazz, come toaster, come rapper collective. Um, and so my career kind of rolls on over here and, and Brooklyn Funk Essentials as a band, begin to tour the world. I mean, they've been everywhere. So t t the, the band is almost as, almost as, long, as old as my song. So it's 29 years, maybe, might even be 30 years old, the band. But they, but they are a live project. They are live, not, not that just live. They've got six albums under their belt. Um, and they just, they work. So... I don't see Latty for years, years and 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 years. And then we get to something like the 25th anniversary of Where Love Lives. So 25 years later, um, and Brooklyn Funk Essentials are playing Ronnie Scott's in London. Okay. And Latty gets the bright idea into his head of going, you know, 25 year anniversary, why don't we get Alison Limerick into the to, to guest with the band. Wow! And we'll do a live version of Where Love Lives. Ronnie Scott, I will you do it? I say yes, I'll do it. So I come down, and I don't know whether you've been to Ronnie Scott's jazz club, kind of little bit table stayed, people lying back, nodding their heads, kind of thing. Okay, we do that band is not a uh, and very intimate. Everyone, this place intimate. is very tight and very dark and oh, very cozy, dark, real kind of jazz club feel. Um, uh, they had never had a combination of Brooklyn Funky Brooklyn Funk Essentials audience and Where Love Lived fans audience in that club. Right, that's you're gonna get. They've never had that. If they'd known, they would not have had us in there. Anyway, so we go on. The band are great. I mean, I, I guested on, I did, did some guest vocals on one other track or two other tracks. But mostly I was just, we were just going to do where, I didn't know we were going to do Where Love Lives as the last song. Nobody told me. Um, but I was just there for the crack because it was 25-year anniversary. Fine. So I come out on stage. We start playing it. And, and Shall we say the the audience got a bit raucous? <laughs> they, they were a bit enthusiastic and they were standing up in the back and you could see the waiters Go going. on, love. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Do it. Oh. It was, it was a not Ronnie Scott. That's not what Ronnie Scott is about. 
It's not. It's not. They were wooing. They were singing. They were stamping on the floor. Oh, hell no. That is not the way that club goes. That's not mm. policy of that club. No. Um, they were a little bit upset with us, but the audience. Oh, I bet they were. They, gorgeous. They, they were fabulous. Um, so that was that. And then Lassie and Brooklyn Funky Centrals went away. Um, and then a few months later, I got a call saying, um, would you consider coming on tour with us? And I said, well, I'd love, I, I love to sing the, uh, our song live, but I can't really come out and just do like one song and a, a couple of uh, BV parts on some other songs. I mean, that's just, that's a waste of a body. What if you need a vocalist, you should have a vo- vocalist that does more. And he said, well, you can do as much as you like. And I said, Oh, <laughs> and then I went, and so I we went. Did we play? I think we might have played um, Sweden. I think we might have done Fashing, and Fashing is a club in in Stockholm, and New Morning in Paris. Um, and <laughs> I have never quite encountered an audience like the audiences that, and it's a Brooklyn Funk Essentials audience um, that, especially in, in New Morning in Paris, they know every song from every album and they were, it was phenomenal. It was a great gig, small, tight club, everybody just loving it. Um, and I've been singing with them ever since. Uh, it was such a good experience. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still still blown away every time I, I perform with them. Um, I mean, the lineup, the, because it's, it, the, the band has been going for so long, the lineup is, is volatile. So uh, musicians change. Um, some, I mean, they've had three vocalists, three female vocalists in the past. Now they've got one female vocalist um, and uh, a, a male vocalist. They've got a backing vocalist who plays trombone, Eber Osman, who is just a stunning, she's, she's like 23 brilliant um uh trombonist brilliant i love working with live musicians i absolutely love it i'm i i didn't realize quite how much i'd missed it because a lot of the time i'm just singing on my own um although in the last two years before covid i'd done um lots of shows where i get to sing where love lives with an orchestra oh wow (laughs) That's lovely. Yeah. Ford, I That's think. a whole game changer for a lot of people hearing an orchestra play that record. Just, just to hear them, even without the, the lead vocals on, on the track, just to hear the string, it's, it makes you tingle. Mm. I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm quite a fan of, of, of classical music anyway, but when they, when they are, when they are also grooving, cause they've got, they've got the full, a full, you know, electronic band as well. So you've got your drummer and your keyboard players and guitarists. Always have maybe three or four backing vocalists. And then the whole orchestra, when it's tight and it's grooving, it, there's nothing like it. Right. Absolutely love that. Feel very privileged to be part of, of those kinds of shows. Mm. And privileged we are to have had this wonderful discussion and trip down memory lane. You've taken us right from the tippy tippy, or should we say the bottom to the tippy tippy top. And I know as like with all of us, you're raring to go and get back out there and get back to that normal gigging schedule that you're used to. You're, you're acquired and accustomed to the veteran that you truly are. 
I need, I need, I need, I need to, <laughs> to start working. I mean, I have, I have club shows scheduled. I don't want to say it too loud in case something happens, but I have club shows scheduled from immediately after my lockdown ends, uh, my quarantine ends. When quarantine's done, I go on the road and I go up to Liverpool um, to be amongst the people to sing and do that hands in the air shouting yeah so yeah i've got two shows actually on the same day um yeah so and after that if the universe is kind i will be working every weekend through august and then we'll see i mean i'm i'm going off again in october with brooklyn funky Essentials. um and I've got uh, an orchestral show coming up at Happy Days. Yes. Oh, so, wow. yeah, there, I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping that we can, that a little taste of normality can happen. Yeah. And, and be safe and still, still have fun. Um, that's what I want. All right. Well, we'll put it on our Christmas list with your cookies too for Santa and all that. Then Please. we pray. Then we pray that we get those quickly. We get through this because I'm still not convinced that it's over. Oh no, it's far from over. If you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Over meaning that we're back to way pre-COVID. It's just this thing is going to be around for a little bit. I, I, we're going to have to find a new way to work a new way to um, still enjoy the thing we do, but to do it, we have to take care of each other. We can't just be thinking me, me, me. We have to think. We, we, we. Of the, we, we, we. Yeah. Me, we. All um, of us working together as one, as a coalition to get through yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have to help help the organisers um do what they need to do. Go through if they want you to test. Fine, go ahead, have your test. If they everywhere that I went in France, you had to walk with your little your vaccination paper or your your COVID test. Um, and everybody coming into a, into the venues were happily getting tested to come into the venues, but then they could be in the venue. Um, and oh, and, yeah. and relax. Wait, wait. You know? that's right. I saw something on BBC. One night where one of the parliament members was mentioning that come September, hmm. rules are going to get very constringent to the fact that they want the jab done and they want you to have the passport vaccination thing hmm. to hmm. allow these people inside. So they yeah. must realize that when the cold weather begins and hmm. the cold season starts, that this is an important piece to the, to the puzzle. Yeah, you know? yeah. If I just, oh, I wish there was an easy way and a fast way, but this is going to take time and it's going to take all of us working together to overcome it. And if that means we have to work through this next winter, um, being super, super careful. We're going to have to. We have no choice. Do that. We have no choice now. We have no choice. We have to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was incredible, people, wasn't she? We <laughs> love her. <laughs> Dynamic superior. Uh, a true professional veteran of our game. 
I am the veteran, yes. Veteran, love, veteran. Of I'm a veteran. I'm a doyen. I want to ask question. Uh, yes. ask a very important question. Of course. Not the music question, not even music. Okay. You're an East Ender at heart. I am. Grew up and went to school in the East End, correct? Yes. What was the most important part to making it for the persona? Did you have to learn? Like for me, we talk about coming from Queens or Brooklyn mm-hmm. and shedding that Queens AUs, use guys. Oh, you know what I mean? Like the slang. How important was that to you? Because you went to work in mm-hmm. the arena with people who come from a very high class system, assimilating into that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're in the ballet world, it's a very wealthy. Hi, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll let you explain this. Go ahead. You know. Okay. So I come from the East End and we talk like that. Yeah, that's all I hear. Uh, you, uh, you drop your H's and your T's and, and, and you all know what you're talking about, so it doesn't really matter. You talk a bit fast. Um, and then when I went to my dance school, which was based in central London, it was, it was King's Cross. So it wasn't particularly fancy, except that they were, there were dancers who had studied ballet from a very young age. And they tend, if you're doing that, you tend to have a little bit more money and you don't, you don't talk like that. You don't, you weren't dragged up in the East. <laughs> right. You weren't and, <laughs> And so I would be, I'd say something to someone and they'd look at you and you'd go, you didn't understand what I said. So being, I have a good ear. As a singer, you have to have a good ear so you can imitate other singers, imitate sounds, imitate notes. And I have a good ear. So as soon as, as somebody looked at me kind of odd, because I was horribly shy as a child. So I didn't want people to, to notice me. Who, who knew that I would change? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, boy. I, did, was, I, I wanted you notice to, her? Did you notice that she's here? I mean, she's very shy. Be careful, everyone. You may lose her. Well, mate, no. Yeah, see, I, I could tell you a whole series of stories about why I am the way I am now. But anyway, so I go to school, and, and half the time they can't understand me, and I stand out like a sore thumb because it was just me and one other girl who actually came from my school my junior, my, my, my secondary school. So we were the only two people that talked like we talked. And that was just too much like being too different. And so I started to change the way I sounded so that I fit in. So that I, my accent, it didn't become posh. It just became less East End. And then I, that's how I survived school. And then when I go into a working environment where they're in the theatre, again, you're still mixing with people whose walks of life are very different from your own, but maybe not wealthier or better spoken, but they might be, they might be from, you know, the West Country or they might be, uh, they might be from Scotland. So you've got a hundred different accents and if you talk like that and they don't understand you, there's confusion. So you just, I continue to speak more correctly than I would normally. And that actually became um, second nature to me. So for a long time, this was, this was how I sounded Um, all the way through my theatre life. This was mostly how I sounded. Um, And I didn't really think about 
the fact that I had lost my East End accent until I would go, you know, and, and speak to friends that I grew up with. And then I realized how different I was sounding from them. Even my, my brother must have done exactly the same thing because he, he's a graphic designer. And when he started to work um, again in central London, his accent, his East End accent, if he ever had one, my brother was always much more proper than I was. Um, it, he went to a grammar school, so they would have made you speak properly there. Um, so there were very, I had very few occasions where I would notice that I wasn't speaking normally. Um, yeah, I, I became, I became this cleaned up version of myself and I was that cleaned up version of myself for a very long time because I was trying to please everybody trying to make it easier for the other person to understand me trying to fit in with my partner's family because my 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 first long-term partner he, he came from um the southeast of England and they spoke very well and and I didn't want to embarrass him with my east end and so I was always trying to be the nice girl. And then eventually you, you come into your own, you get your deal, and you're still nice to everybody, but they're not always necessarily nice to you. And so you, at some point you're, you just go, what, why am I doing it? What, what, why am I bothering to be nice to you if you're just going to be vile to me uh, and walk all over me? So I... I now I am whoever I want to be when I want to be. If I want to, if I want to, if I want to be West Indian, I will be West Indian, and that is up to me. And if I want to be Eastern, then I'll then then that's what I do. Oi, oi! And 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 no, I have no shame at all about being three people in in one conversation. You I've experienced and... it. I've experienced I, it. I, I know what she's talking about. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. which girl are we today? Are we. Yeah. Posh and are we are we going to Harrods? Are we? Yeah, um, I mean, I've, you have to if you're if you're. Are we getting salty beef, love? Are we getting salty beef today? If you are a jobbing. If you're a um, jobbing, a, a, yeah, singer, yeah. A, a jobbing singer. If you're a singer for hire, and somebody wants you to sing with an American accent, you have to you have to find an American accent. You know, so if you want to, if they want more or less of something, you you figure out how to do it. And and I've become a bit of a chameleon. I've always been a bit of a chameleon. You know, who else helps does me that? fit in. But I'll tell you who else does that. Grace Jones does that. Oh, we love the Grace. Oh, <gasps> mm. she has. You know, a- I used to get compared to her. Not not musically. Just uh, people would go, "Oh, you look like Grace Jones," because I had a little, you know. Yeah. 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 I remember that. Yeah, the bevel. Yeah. Look. I remember when we all yeah. worked in those days. You had that that you called yeah. the pillbox. Yeah. Yeah, my little pillbox hat. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I got pictures of that. I wish I had them up right now. I put them up of you and yeah. I on this together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could probably pull you one. I could, if you wanted me to, I could pull one up now. Would you like me to? I would love to see one. Wait a minute. Hold on, everyone. She's running. We did. We had a long time ago, about fifty episodes ago. We had Michael Gray run and get his trophy award. We made. Ooh, I have no trophies, <laughs> but I do happen to be sitting next to a. Oh dear! Look at that. Um, oh, I have. I every gonna... every performer, every 
theatre performer will have, oh, that's black and white. Oh, there's one. Um, will have a portfolio from when they were a jobbing performer. Um, okay. Can you see that? That was me doing the video of uh, Where Love Lives with my pillbox hat. And let me show Fierce, you. everyone. Let's give it to her. Tell it's fierce. One, right? one more. Black you know who else looked like moment. that too? You know who else had that same sporting look? A diva. A, a diva. diva. Yes, that was the other girl that I got compared to. A diva. Because we used to say that every time. I used to see Alice. I'd say, man, she, they look like sisters, those two. Yeah, man. I did a... I did a... Oh. I a did diva, a, everyone. A, a diva. In some very seedy club. <laughs> way back in the day and just oh that that is a that is a voice and a half yeah one last one look at that this this is me being at my most grace jones oh yeah now here's a question i have the last and last so yeah. i see i in, 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 we see how muscular you know you, you're muscly toned muscular well, it was <laughs> One, it's awards, my darling. <laughs> well, is that act of nature, or are you working out heavy to keep your look at that time? Um, that because you have to remember that those photographs were within months of me coming out of a, a West End musical where I was dancing eight shows a week and for most of the time of the when I was on stage I had my arms kind of like this and I was doing kind of really strong strong movements um so the tone in that was was work and that was you know a year's worth of work in the arms um but I am naturally lean. My brother's exactly the same. Um, so it is an act of nature then. then it's I think it's more nature than, than anything else. And then when you start to do strenuous work, you easily... It, the, it, the muscles up. up. Really up quick. Like, it's like buffing up. Yeah, she buffs up real fast. Like, real fast. I mean, I'm, I, I can... I'm sorry, but I can eat more or less what I want to when I want to. Damn you, girl. I know. You know that. She's like, I'll take that. And I'm watching her and I'm going, where does it go? Nowhere. It just, (laughs) she's eating. No, 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 that. (laughs) But I'm I'm hyper. I don't think it's necessary that I've got a a, a fast metabolism. Um, Maybe I do. I don't know. But I am. You probably do. I'm always. I'm all everything I do is is done speedy, with speedy, speedy. Way too much energy, excess energy. I wear oh, people out. God, you wore us all out. I know. Yeah. Well, that's why you could do the shows back and then they asked you, oh no, don't worry. You could do your Broadway show during the day. Don't worry. And, you, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. your hours all night. So when were you sleeping? You know, yeah. you're out, you're from town to town. You're like, oh, yeah. here's the town, another town. And then on Monday. You're starting the shows all week, and then you're also doing all the in-store promotion and all the extras. And, oh, and yeah, and the radios, all those marvelous okay. regional radios, and the and the the college radios. Hang on, yeah. would you do it all over again? 
In a heartbeat. See? In a, in a heartbeat. Complaining all the way to the bank, but wait. Would you yeah. do it all over again? I yeah. would, yeah, it was, it was, I think that there would be things that I'd do maybe differently. Well. Um, but it, that wasn't, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a, an eye-opening experience, most of it. Everything was, oh, to me. Everything was a surprise. I had come into the business after a career on the stage, um, and then suddenly I was in this a whole different kind of industry, completely different. Um, yeah, but... It was all. It was all good. It was all good. I I have been around the world. There are places that I still want to go, but I have been places. You know, the the Far East, Australia. I haven't been to New Zealand. If anybody wants to take me, I'm ready. Um, Christchurch is calling her Christchurch. <laughs> yeah, but you know, all across Europe. Um, have you done Vegas? I haven't done Vegas. Nobody's See, invited me. We need her to get to Vegas. I would love to do. I would love just a, one quick trip to Vegas just to see what it's like. In the desert, amongst all yeah. mafia and all that. She wants to experience yeah. it. Just, just to see. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you regret from it all? Is there any regrets at all? In yeah. the music business? No. Or the regret that I've done, or regret that I've missed out on, or I don't know. Like, what's like? We all have that. We say, "Damn it!" We we go back to that thing. We go, "Damn it!" You know, I wish I would have, or you know, whatever it was. Um, I wish I'd been a bit braver. Um, I wish I'd. Uh, I don't. Yeah, but hmm. I wish I'd been a bit braver and a bit pushier early on, um, a bit more demanding. Um, but no, there isn't anything that I've done that I regretted. I, 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 every day I, I feel like I have been so lucky to have done the things I've done, um, to have met the people I've, I've met. Um, no. God bless you, girl. No, I'm... No I'm, regrets. I, no, I, no the, life is too short for, for regrets. All right. Um, no, I mean, the, 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 the regrets are that um, maybe when we were making my second album, if I'd known that halfway through the making of my second album, my A&R guy, uh, Arista, was going to disappear. Maybe I would have thought maybe we shouldn't just start this second album because it was a, a, basically it was a waste. And I made half the album in America with Frankie, um, with Frankie Knuckles. Um, and there's some really lovely tracks on there. But because by the time I, the thing was finished, I didn't have anybody working my corner at Arista. Right, and that's what happens when A and R people are gone. Yeah, They're no longer um, the vision. The vision goes with it. The yeah. vision is gone. Yeah, so that's that's, that, that's, so not, that's the biggest. Yeah, but that's regret. not a regret that you can take personally because no. you had no control over that. No, 
Exactly. I mean, I, th- there was nothing well, I could like do. Said, was- let me give the example. It's not like you had two doors. Mm. Door A, you pick is this. Door mm. B is this. And mm. if you pick the wrong one or pick neither, you regretted that you didn't take the chance. You yeah. did take the chance. Mm. But when yeah. the A&R people, that Chris Cook and the team that believed in the project are no longer yeah. there, yeah. must have to say then it's over. Yeah. And on that note, People are asking me, can you give us a little capella of where love lives? And we're going to say goodnight to you and a lullaby because they love hearing your voice. Um, <clears throat> you've been hurt and you've been down. We all been there. <laughs> you've been set out of your course and pushed around. Flying high. Beautiful. Oh, you fell so low. This is why we do true house stories for this type of stuff. They walked out of the door and left you on your own. Don't reach out for me without apology. I'll never suffer your desire. Don't reach out for me with an apology, but I'll share it. Why don't you take my hand? Come away, come out of your blue. Support your local artists, everyone. Should I stop? No, no, stop, honey. I want. I just want to make sure I cover up the vocal. I don't want somebody to be taking this vocal and running and sampling the crap out of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know it's crazy. You're doing it so well. I wouldn't be shocked all of a sudden on True House Stories. I hit his vocal on some damn record. I'm gonna go. Yo, no, 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 take go ahead. Wait, wait. Why don't you take my hand? Come away, come out of your blue. And for everything you give, so will I give something to you? Yeah, I'll take you down, deep down where love lives, love lives, where love lives. Follow me down. Deep down where love lives, love lives, where love lives, come on in. And then all of a sudden, and I can actually attest to this, the crowd is now screaming, (laughs) crying, and going nuts. And I have to now drop the record. Okay. Just start right from there and pick up that whole place going, more, Allison! And she's like, Oh, I love that song so much. We love that song. That song will be played in infamy, my dear. Uh, well, I'm hoping that when we get round to the, the, the what is it, 35-year anniversary, <laughs> yeah. and then the 40-year anniversary. Like we're all going like this? Yeah, with Miss Zimmer frame, I'll yeah, be there. <laughs> Waddling and twirling. I'm 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 gonna start practicing how to do twirls on the Zimmer frame right now. So because I don't ever want to have to stop. I do not ever want to have to stop doing what I do. Don't I, ever don't yeah. ever stop. Yeah. Don't ever stop. Keep believing. Yeah. You are a icon, and that's what icons mean, that you set the standard. Oh, 
Okay, that that's a lot of pressure. Most say that. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot, <laughs> a lot of pressure. Oh. It's hard. Listen, one person said to me the other night. I went to a social media event. Okay, and they said to all of us, me, you, and this is something I'm just going to say generally. We come from the brick and mortar era. Yeah. Which really was a compliment to me and all my people, which would you be inclusive, masses at work, deaf mix, everybody yeah, that's right. been involved. Today's producer, writers, or people that social media driven, mm. they'll do a song, but there's no back end. There's nothing there. So no matter what you do now, you've already set standards, my dear, that are very high. That's it. It's a compliment to you. You've already earned all stripes. Yeah. So good we, on we you. Have. We have, all of us. We have. You and, have. And none of it we do solo. None of it we do on our own. We, we, have, built, we have built this house. This house has been built by all different people. And you yeah, know yeah. what? It's not going. In fact, I have a prediction that I think house music that we came from is going to be one more time humongous again, mm. like really ridiculous. And the thing about it is, which is crazy, is that the newbies can't sing like all of you. I don't know why that is. Well, do I know why that is? Nobody knows. They don't sound like, and none of them have that. We, we've talked about this many times. None of the new people have that. I can't explain it. That sound, that power, the drop the jaw sound. It's everything that comes in it. The showmanship. It's just different. Not to say that good singers. There are great singers out there. That's not what I'm saying. It just don't sound like Mm. that that, that era of all Jocelyn Brown. I mean, I can. The list goes on and on. We could go down the list. Even Crystal Waters, Barbara Tucker, everybody. Yeah, what was that? Yes. Great singers and all have power and all do what they do. Shate yeah. was on the show. I mean, it's just either that or we're coming off the 60s and 70s, what we all heard and mm. wanted to sound like that. Because those yeah, things- I'm sure it's that 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 stepping foot standing on the, the shoulders of giants, that thing that they people that's what it was because we all wanted to be them. You hear that, you think, oh, that's such a great sound. Let me see, let me do my take on that. Um, but there seems to have been a, a, a disconnect with the new people. They have they've they've gone their own way, but it hasn't included space for that that big kind of, you know head rocking sound well i remember when the labels all told us we don't want those big diva vocals anymore oh well that might well have something i heard that clarified to me i was like and i just had to sit back and go Mm. what that's who i deal with this is my crew how do you get rid of something that is so natural in, in the game you know it's there was a time not the whole time there was a time that all of a sudden Things just changed. The big songs weren't the thing anymore. Mm. It was more tracky sounding stuff, you know. But, yeah. Yeah. But let the people fashion. have what the people want. They will come back around. There you go. And we'll have more. But thank you. We expect to see you at every 
Grand Palace doing your thing. Either with, yeah, well, I hope so, yes. I'm either with Brooklyn Funk Essentials or Alison Limerick. Keep an eye on her. She is a force to be reckoned with. And we will announce next week, of course, we have more stuff in store. But Alison, you're a treat and a diamond of diamonds, my love. Thank my you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, we couldn't, it, we couldn't wait to have you. chatting with you, always. <laughs> Thank you. Stay with me, Allison. And good night to everyone in England and Europe and the world. Stay safe. You have to put the damn mask on when we go inside. Put it on. Deal with it. Like we're all dealing with it. If you're not vaccinated, stay the hell home and be careful. That's all I'm saying until we get through this. Love you all. See you soon. Have a great night. See you next week.